0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Wednesday, July 14th. And as promised, Danica Cooley is back on the show with me today. And we're gonna continue our conversation on how to get our children to engage with us in the study of God's word. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. By now you've heard that I'm running for Congress to replace Jamie Herrera Butler, representing Washington State's 3rd Congressional District. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a business owner, I'm an author and a speaker, and I've lived in this district for a very long time, and I am asking you for the honor to represent you in the House of Representatives. We've got some huge deadlines coming up for fundraising. We need to take this country back. We were once the party of ideas, you guys, but we have devolved into a cult of personality, and we have lost our way. I want to bring common sense back to the floor of the House of Representatives. Now is the time for a new generation of conservative leaders to stand up, and I am here to stand in the gap for Washington State. For more information, go to Congress.com. You can sign up to volunteer, get on our prayer team, and support this run financially. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John for Congress. So thanks for tuning in today, everybody. I'm so thankful that you guys are here. Yesterday, I had Danica Cooley on the show. and We were talking a little bit about the importance of helping our children uh, know God's word and be in it. I asked her if she'd come back again because I wasn't near done talking to her, and she's graciously agreed to do so. So Danica Cooley, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you, Heidi. I'm so excited to be here.
0: It's exciting to have you because I think that this conversation is it needs to be had because we've got children right now who are asking really difficult questions. And I've been telling parents out on the road, tough questions require tough parents. We have to be able to have the conversations with our children about basic things such as male and female. We know that God didn't make more than two genders because he explains to us in his word, I made them male and female in my image. We know marriage comes from the Lord. We know that the taking of an innocent life goes against what God says. God said he hates it when we take innocent life. And we want our children to be able to have God's word really as the plumb line for every situation that they encounter to be able to go back and know, okay, I know what God said. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And yet we're watching uh, parents today, Christian parents really struggling to engage uh, in the study of God's word on the regular. Yesterday, you said it was really important that they get into a routine. And I kind of like to start there again with you today because that routine it changes, doesn't it? From year to year with the, with how your family kind of moves in and out of different seasons. How have you handled in your life, like moves, you know, moving from one house to another or, or a death in the family or a birth in the family. And cause we don't, we can't always, we're not all going to be consistent all the time. Right? So talk to the parent who thought I was on the Bible wagon, but I fell off when my third baby was born and I just can't get back on. How can we, roll with the ebb and flow of what is normal family life and not lose our passion for studying the Bible.
1: As an at-home Bible curriculum developer, the number one concern I hear from parents is that they don't think they can be consistent or they don't know how to be consistent with reading the Bible to their kids, which is why I advocate making the Bible part of your rhythm and your routine, because that's going to be a lot more effective than saying, we're gonna study
0: from eight to eight thirty. You know, right? Exactly. Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> you did that. We did that twice, and then we're like, "Never mind. That didn't work."
1: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It
0: doesn't work um, because kids
1: are really unpredictable. I don't know if parents have noticed that, but even with the Bible being part of your your daily routine, there are going to be days where. Um, Someone is ill or you have something exciting like the zoo and you get home and you're just kind of fried. So I suggest having a plan for the unexpected. And that can be passive Bible learning. Um, You know, we want to read the Bible faithfully with our kids and discuss it with them. We want to do fun activities to help augment that and help cement it. We want to go through narration so that they can think through what what they've learned but it's not always gonna look like that. So you can do things like have videos about the Bible, um, have games and things to play with that are revolve around Bible stories. You know, um, you can have crafts already printed out with the instructions and then have the materials ready. Like I suggest having a box where you have um, passive Bible stuff that your kids can just pull out and do. You can help them with, but it's already ready. and. It's a way that your kids can concentrate on scripture
0: without having the regular routine that you would normally have. Well, and I think that you're I think that really helps from feeling like you're failing, right? Because you've you've already made a backup plan. And you know, like you, I've been raising kids for a long time and now I'm watching my daughter, you know, she's teaching her children and their, you know, she and her husband teaching their children the Bible and the fact of the matter is life is messy and it doesn't always go according to plan and most of the parents that i encounter who just you know they they didn't they didn't teach their kids the bible or they felt like it was just too much for them usually it's their it's that fear of failing and i know that there's somebody listening to this right now who just feels like i blew it you know my kid is 14 or 15 years old and i don't know how to get into the word with them now because we just haven't done it and i recognize that they don't know the word and i'm always telling people it's never too late. And I'm wondering if you can give some encouragement to the parents right now who might have older children who didn't get into that habit and they only have a few years left with their children at home. What do you, what do you recommend for that mom or that dad right now? Who's going, is it too late? Is there anything I can do? So it never is too late. We we should start wherever we're at.
1: It's great if you start with your kids when they're little, but if you start now, I think with older kids, relationship is a huge thing. And I think being transparent is a big thing. So I don't see anything wrong with going to your older child and saying, you know, dad and I, we we have just come to understand that this is our job to take you through scripture. We understand how important the Bible is and we didn't do it with you earlier. And we're going to do it now, regardless of how we feel about how we didn't do it earlier. You know, we wish we had, but we're going to do it right now. And we're just going to require 15 minutes of your day and um, then get into God's word. And also spend time with your your older teen exploring Mm -hmm. things like the basics of theology. You can... I mean, you can still do a catechism with an older teen and answer their questions because they're going to have them. If you just start when they're older, they're going to have a lot of questions. And that's something where you can use commentaries and other resources and listen to sermons together, whatever they're willing to do with you. Um, But you can just let them know, hey, we should have been doing this, but we didn't. And now we're going to start. And that is okay to do it that way.
0: Yeah, and I love that honesty too. I love that approach of just saying, "You know what? We should have done this and we didn't, but we're going to start to do it now." I want to move on to a different uh aspect of this because something I've seen um my husband was a pastor for nearly 20 years and we spent a lot of time in church work and one of the things that we've seen and I, it's been and hurting the church, we don't understand the importance of reading the Bible in context, meaning we need to understand what's going on. You can't just pluck a verse out and uh, apply it, you know, to every situation. You got to go. Okay, who was Jesus talking to? What was the cultural context? What was happening uh, at that moment? Why is context so important? And why is it so important that we teach it to our kids? So a few years ago, there was a, a meme that was a picture from one of those tear-off
1: um, calendars, and it said, "If if you will bow down and serve me, I will give you everything," which sounds great, um, and. I don't remember how it, the exact wording in the KG, King James version, but you know it. It sounds great because we we all want to worship God, and if He gave us everything, that'd be wonderful. But it was Satan speaking, and that verse was completely torn out of context. It was during the temptation of Christ, and Satan was speaking to Jesus, um, which is absurd. What he said, but um, we don't want to take Satan's word and elevate them to the level of putting them on a calendar and then meditating on them mm-hmm. we we have to keep things in context and yesterday i mentioned the bible's a story it is god wrote a story for us about his great plan for salvation he included in there overarching themes of who he is and our sin nature and our need for salvation and his plan for salvation and then jesus's commands for his followers and when when he has individual stories in there Those move that overarching narrative forward, and I think one of the most devastating things we've done in the church in in the last few decades is um, moral therapeutic deism. We have taken every story and made a moral, and our goal is to be happy, and God is kind of hands off unless. We do something that is good and then he'll make us happy, right? And that is not the point of scripture. We can't be pulling stories out and adding morals to them. We all want to affect our children's behavior and see them grow to be good and godly, but um, pulling things out of context is not the way that we do that. So I say if you don't understand what a verse means, or if you're going to memorize a verse, pull back and look at the the paragraph around it and pull back and look at the chapter around it. When you're reading a book in the Bible, they all have an overarching theme. Each book does. So understand what God is saying to us through that book before you start reading it with your kids and then make sure when you're memorizing scriptures or when you're looking at stories that they understand how they fit into the overarching theme of God's salvation for us.
0: Yeah, because that's, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, right? They understand the plan of salvation and then what it is that God um, has designed them uniquely to do. And it's just, it's an incredible opportunity for us to really uh, fulfill that command of Deuteronomy 6, right? That we're supposed to be teaching our children uh, about the word of God. I I find fascinating, you know, one of the, the saddest passages of the Bible is found in Judges. You know, I think it's Judges chapter two, where you see that the Israelites have forgotten to pass on to their children children, the legacy that should have been passed down from generation to generation. And the Bible records that the Israelites walked away from God and they worshiped the gods from the men and women who were all around them. And that is what's at stake. And I think parents need to understand uh, what's at stake. And instead of being afraid to jump into something, even if you don't know it, uh, trust that God will give you uh, what you need when you need it. And, and I think that's an encouragement that we can give to parents. Uh, I think the, the questions that kids are asking right now, you know, we kind of opened up today's podcast by talking about the, the fact that there's really nothing new. I mean, Solomon said this, right? There's nothing new under the sun. You know, we got the same old sinners just regurgitating sin and it looks a little bit differently in 2021 than maybe it did in Jesus' time. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, these questions that our kids are asking are uh, kind of setting parents back on their heels right now. And a lot of parents don't want to answer. maybe they don't know the answer. So how do we um, respond when our kids ask us questions about the Bible that we're not sure about ourselves or we don't feel equipped to answer? That is such an important
1: question. So I think that again, going back to relationship and and being transparent, it's such a good idea to tell our kids, you know if we don't know the answer to something. I don't know the answer to that, but it's important to me that we figure it out. So let me get involved in some research and find out the answer for you and I will get back to you. Um, We can have our kids look into stuff with us. With our older kids, if there's an answer that's tough, I know sometimes my kids have really challenged me on things and I have picked up a book by, say, R.C. Sproul And handed it to him and said, you know, this book will answer your questions. Why don't you read it and get back to me and we will talk about it. And if it's something that they're really interested in knowing the answer to, they will read it. Um, So we've had that happen. And then sometimes God doesn't tell us the answer to our questions in scripture. We're kind of on a need to know basis. And he does have these overarching themes throughout his word. And sometimes he doesn't take us on rabbit trails. So He might mention something in the Bible and then not follow it up. And we just don't get to know. So I think it's okay to tell our kids that too. Um, And some of these hard questions go back to the basics of scripture, like the creation mandates. Like I think right now under attack in our culture is everything that God set up right in the first three chapters of Genesis so we can take our kids to Genesis and go through it with them and talk to them about what God says about these these issues and how he has established his world to work.
0: Boy, I could not agree more. And this is, I just spent several days uh, with my friend Ken Ham over at the Ark Encounter in the Creation Museum. And one of the things he keeps saying over and over again, and he's completely right, is that we're facing right now a Genesis 1 to 11 attack that the things that are being attacked in the culture, um, male and female, the uh, the cre- creation itself, marriage, all of these things, this is foundational. And it's it's mind-blowing to me that we as a church have not covered these foundational pieces. It's like you wouldn't build your house on a foundation of sand. You want it to be uh, built on, on truth, and all of the big questions that we are asking that are actually answered in Genesis, about the nature of God and who He is and who did, you know who, uh, who created us. You know, where do we come from? Where are we going? Does God care? All of those things. Uh, the nature of sin, why is the world such a mess right now? Well, the fact of the matter is, God made it when your kids say, "But God said it was very good. Look around. This isn't very good right and we had cancer and sin and suffering and death and we got antifa <laughs> this isn't very good and that's an opportunity for parents to say that's right and that's not how god made it sin entered the world and sin corrupted the world and because of sin we have suffering and death and those questions are answered in the book of Genesis. And I think parents can get in there and just read. I always tell them, if you got nothing, you know, if you can't, if you got nothing, if you don't have nowhere to start, Genesis 1 to 11. It's so important. Do you have any last words of encouragement? I want to ask you about, and then I really want to, um, I want you to talk for just a moment about the book, but any last words of encouragement for parents who are ready to take this on?
1: Yeah, I just want parents to know that, you know, you want to teach the Bible and you can. It is completely um, something that God has fitted you to do. He He did not give you these kids to steward and then not give you the ability to take them through his word. It is your job, but it's also something that he is going to do with you and that he has made possible for you to do. And um, it's not too hard. It's not, as Moses said, it's not over the sea. It's not up a mountain. It's not, It's not this great journey that we have to take. You can do this in just a few minutes a day and um, you can be faithful in this.
0: I love that. And it is so important. And in your book, Help Your Kids Learn and Love the Bible, this is really what you're helping parents do, right? You're going to help prepare them to teach the Bible to their kids. What are some of the the main things that you want them to know that are, that's in this book? Because I feel like every parent listening to this that's even a little bit hesitant about uh, teaching their kids the Bible, this book's going to help them. Right. So
1: Help Your Kids Learn and Love the Bible is a crash course to teaching the Bible to your kids. The first third of the book is going to talk about common objections and fears and concerns and how to overcome those. They're valid, valid concerns, and it's going to teach you how to overcome that. And then the second third um, deals with Second Timothy 2.15, where we are called to be approved workers rightly handling God's word of truth. So it's going to talk about how to read God's word rightly and how to keep it in context and how to think about what the original authors meant for the original audience. And then the third part of the book is just a lot of really great ideas to help you implement this and put it into your life on a daily basis. Um, And that all comes and and it's going to teach you some educational theory and how to apply that to your kids individually, because God made each of your kids differently. So um, it's going to help you teach your kids individually um, so that they understand.
0: Well, and you really have, um, you're helping parents a teacher killed their kids how to memorize the Bible, but you're more than that. You're helping parents learn how to do it because, you know, let's just be honest. It's overwhelming. We've got a job. We're trying to, you know, you're trying to pay the mortgage. You're trying to make sure that the yard gets mowed, trying to figure out what you're gonna do for homeschool next year. Life is busy. And I think one of the big lies of the enemy has been, oh, this doesn't really matter. And it does matter.
1: It does. It matters a lot. And, uh, I think that, you know, a lot of times we feel, you know, we've been talking about what's going on in culture. We feel overwhelmed by the darkness. Well, the thing that we can do is um, learn who God is and then teach our kids who he is and what his plan
0: is for their lives. And that's found in his word. Yep, and it and it it's such an encouragement because we already read to the end, so we already know how it's going to play out. <laughs> so when people say, "Wow, things are getting darker," yep, I read about that, you know. And it and it reminds us that God's word is true. And so studying the word with your kids probably one of the best things that uh, you can ever do. Uh, Danica Cooley, it's just been a joy to have you on the show. Where can people find you online? Thank you. Um, so. Love the Bible for
1: is where you're going to find out about the book and get your free hundred and thirty page Bible study toolkit. And then I am at thinkingkidsblog.org. Um, I talk about how to
0: teach the Bible and Christian history to your kids, and thinkingkidspress.com is my store. I love it. All right, you guys, you've heard it here first. Danica Cooley, it's just been a delight to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Heidi. This has been great. For more information on Danica Cooley and her new book that's going to help you help your kids learn and love the Bible, go to HeidiStjohn.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to the show notes, and I will link back to those things in the show notes today. I want to thank you guys for coming on today. Thank you so much for leaving reviews. Don't forget, I've got a brand new study happening right now at Mom Strong International, and that is going to be going on for the next several months. You can check it out at Mom Strong International. Thanks for listening today, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.